Welcome to the Scary Serengeti. We're your hosts, David Swinger and Matt Keener. Stop what you're doing and subscribe to our podcast to leave us an awesome five-star review and follow us at Serengeti Sec on Twitter. We're here to talk about the 2024 scary predictions and hopefully provide some insight, analysis, and maybe correct predictions that you can take in the office to help you protect your organization. And as usual, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are hours and hours alone. Do not respect the views or opinions of our employers. I predict this year we'll cross the 10 listener threshold, putting us in the top ranks of podcasts with such luminaries as Bob's Fly Fishing Spectacular and Lisa Lisa's My Little Podcast about pouties. Hey, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to it every day. I, mean, I shouldn't have included her predictions about ponies in this, this episode. <laughs> this year, more ponies will be born. It's in the same, I mean, it's basically the same level of prediction as we're about to talk about. And little girls will love ponies. <laughs> little girls will love ponies. This is the top 24 security predictions for 2024. This is from GovTech.com, which is a blog we've never covered before. It's got Gov in it. Surprise. And so it's going to be wrong. And um, evil. The author, Dan Lowerman, collected 24 other articles about predictions for 2024. We're summarizing a summary. Uh... Because we're going through all 24 other articles would be wild. Well, we're kind of summarizing. So we picked three each. Yeah. So we're going to provide a summary of three different group predictions. Yeah, we tried to find the most the most interesting ones. Well, you did. Well, I we, just picked mine at random. Well, I tried some that were interesting, that looked interesting from his description. And then when I actually went into the article to look, I was like, oh. This is, there's one where I was like, AI is going to transform cyber insurance. And you go in there and it says... AI is going to help cyber insurance do make stuff. better risk ratings. <laughs> That's not transformative. Let's, anyway. So here are some of the, the the overall themes: more effective cyber attacks. Shocking! I can't believe it. More AI used in attacks. Really going out of limit. Yeah, this guy's just stretching it. Shadow AI. This one actually is kind of interesting. A lot of companies seem to be taking it careful and slow on the AI thing. And I know that users, especially if they're not supposed to be using AI, they can use it to boost their performance. <laughs> but, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me because we've been t- talking about, I mean, the whole purpose behind it. Well, one of the ideas behind a CASB is to be able to find out what SaaS solutions people within your company are using. So this isn't the same thing. It's just it's because the AI is the SaaS, essentially. Okay. So it's just that's, again, more of the same, I would say. For now, I can't wait till they... Get the models down to the point where you could run it on your phone and run a private one. Mm. You really train it on what you care about, what you want. Don't have to provide that back up to the companies. Yeah. More regulations and laws. Governments passing more laws? I, I, I can't even. An increase in deep fakes, BEC, attacks against LLMs, election-related cyber attacks. It does look like most of these are not really verifiable and are pretty safe. I mean, it's an election year. Cyber attacks. Well, it's, it's funny because I've heard from more than one place that 40% of the planet is going to actually vote this year in wow. some kind of countrywide election. Interesting. So there was one kind of wild one, predicted more cyber attacks in space. <laughs> there were no black swan predictions, which I kind of get the whole point of a black swan event is it's difficult to guess. But come on, take a chance. Predict something wild. Well, I think you did in the opening segment. All right, so first one, we're going to take one of mine, Trend Micro, security predictions for 2024. Well, there were a bunch of them in here, but I picked out three that looked kind of interesting. The first one I think is the most interesting, but they spent like a paragraph on it. They had no details, uh, but cloud-native worm attacks. So we've all seen worm attacks in the past where, you know, it exploits a service. It remotely scans the internet, finds other services, exploits those services. 
So what they're talking about here is they're talking about automated scripts that exploit, create new machines in the cloud, and then recon lateral movements all automatically. I think personally that's kind of terrifying because right now, like the old style worm attacks, they required existing systems. This one builds its own systems. <laughs> right, so it's building its own attack platforms. And if you talk about worming it, not just within a company, but imagine just across the entire a wormable or a worm like this that attacks not just a company in AWS, but AWS oh, itself. Yeah. So any organization that's running an AWS instance where you could spin up a serverless instance, yeah. throw this on, this could, and imagine if that's, they, they turn that into like a DDoS attack platform or something, who knows what those things Take doing. down the whole cloud or AWS, each, like a specific cloud, AWS or something. I mean, they're probably going to just spin up crypto miners. It's just going to be automatic crypto miner generation. Well, there's a thing later about this. We'll, we'll talk about this more in detail because there's another prediction that I think collides with this mm. that is interesting. Data weaponized against machine learning models. Uh, we've talked about data poisoning before, but they had some specific outcomes that I thought were interesting. One of these or two of these are ones we talked about before. But uh, number one, manipulate the language model to reveal internal information. That's kind of interesting. Allowing adversaries to write malicious instructions to the LLM. We talked about that the other day with the... I don't remember what it was called. There's some article about creating agents, double agents inside the LLMs that we right. talked about. Deliver biased content to the end users. That would be interesting. I almost wonder... I mean, there's some obvious ones where, like, political folks will try and bias a model to deliver, you know, something like Nazi supporters would like, change Wikipedia's LLM to be like... Hitler was a hero, <laughs> something like that. But well, I think we had talked about this before, Axe. I mean, where we were saying if you could poison the AI model for a competitor of yours, you could influence them to make wrong decisions, yeah. Yeah. which would yeah. Yeah, hurt them or help you or both. Well, there's and there's yeah, and ways to help you, like like recommendation engines to recommend movies and stuff. Well, we talked a little bit about yeah. that with the AIs, like yeah. selling ads and yeah. Fraud detection and blue team tools can be fed bad info to hide attacker actions. So, such as things like AI rootkit. Yeah, I don't, I haven't really thought deeply about that one. But yeah, if there's some way where you could, if you knew you were going to attack a company, like you could start throwing noise their way before the attack started. Well, imagine this though, thinking about AI rootkit. So, when you're doing security, everybody wants that single pane of glass, right? Well, suppose an attacker, when they initially compromise an organization, if we're, we're at the point where AI is basically running socks by doing the detection and everything, imagine that they compromise the AI so that at the SIM level, you will never get an alert on any of their actions from the SIM because the SIM has effectively been compromised kind of like a rootkit does by yeah. hiding all your actions. Yeah. Yeah. The third prediction was attackers moving to hit blockchain. Despite crypto seemingly sputtering out over the last few years, apparently companies are moving to use blockchain for supply chain management and intra-company accounting. One of the proposed attacks they had was seizing the admin rights of the chain to modify and erase entries, but I thought the whole the point of was blockchain was you can't change it. Yeah. But I guess maybe a private blockchain could be different. I don't know. Well, they may be trying to take advantage of loopholes that people build into their own private blockchains because they don't necessarily want them to be immutable, uh, which kind of defeats the point. Yeah, why use a blockchain over something else? Why not just use a database at that oh, point? Spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, another was to seize control of enough validators to encrypt with or mess up with the blockchain, basically DDoS it. 
uh, or ransomware. So that was a little interesting. I don't know. I was kind of disappointed with these, but they're not terrible. <laughs> and not as bad as one of the ones. <laughs> not, as, not as the ones that I randomly chose, I would say. But the next one is Kaspersky's Advanced Persistent Threats Prediction for 2024. And this was put together by Kaspersky's Global Research and Analysis Team. The, the great. <laughs> that is such a great name. <laughs> the great team. <laughs> no, it's just great because T is team. So well, I'm saying, but if you add the, the team, the EAM at the end, now it's great team. That's all one word. Oh, but just to be noticed, what do you do? I, I'm part of the great. I'm part of the great? How <laughs> do they put that in a business card? Uh, but what we, one of the interesting things about Kaspersky's recommendations is they actually listed what they recommended, what their predictions were for last year and how well they fared on those predictions. So last saw anybody else do that. Uh, so basically they gave themselves a three out of uh, 3.5 out of 8. Bail. For last year. <laughs> so not quite 50%. Uh, but I appreciate that. We're, we're just talking right, about right. how many, so many of these were so like yep. high level that they're basically all going to hit. So like more ransomware, more attacks, more AI. Like, okay, Sorry, idiot. Right. You're not telling me anything I don't know. Yeah. So, so I do appreciate, I appreciate that not only did they make specific ones, they checked up on themselves. Yeah. And, and this is kind of, this is what they're assuming that this is going to benefit them in the long run because they're saying, hey, this is what we did last year and why you should believe us this year. So... Last year, they, they predicted that mail servers would become priority targets. And they said they, they were correct on this one based on three attacks, which they outlined in the, in the article. Hack and leak is the new black and bleak was another recommendation from last year, which they said was also correct, based on the act, actions of three different attack groups. Another one they thought they got correct was SIGINT delivered malware. And this is based for, based on a network injection attack within the connectivity between two Egyptian telecom providers that happened last year. I think I'm going to go back and look that one up because that looks really interesting. Signals intelligent based malware. <laughs> now, the, where they get the point five from is they predicted the rise of destructive attacks, and they said they got this kind of right. And this is really based on actions that have taken place between Ukraine and Russia. Some of the actions that the players have made there. I know they tried, but they generally weren't terribly successful, right? The Russian attacks were not? No, they, they, they had limited effect, and maybe that's why they said there was only a partial. And then what they said they got wrong was a new cyber, a new cyber epidemic. Not uh, yet. <laughs> well, that was last year, so last year's gone. So that one didn't come true. Um, targeting turns towards satellite technologies, producers, and operators. More APT groups will move from Cobalt Strike to other alternatives. So I guess Cobalt Strike is still going strong, according to them. And drone hacking. Now, one of the things that I, I'm, I note in here is that it's interesting that, that they didn't carry forward anything for 2023 into 2024 by saying, hey, it didn't happen in 23, but we expect it any day now, which yeah. means we're also going to make the same prediction for 24. Especially although someone else did predict more attacks in space. So the satellite one, see if someone else picked that one up. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised they didn't bring back the Cobalt Strike one, because that seems like as more and more attackers do Cobalt Strike, defenders are going to focus more and more on stopping Cobalt Strike, so they're going to have to transition to something Yeah, else. we've talked about that many times before, so I'm, I'm just surprised that they didn't think those any of these predictions were worth bringing into 2024. So for 2024, they made nine predictions. The first one being the rise of creative exploits for mobile and wearables and smart devices. So they expected, of course, those to be against smartphones, Apple TVs, Apple Watch, that kind of stuff. And they expect these to be, well, they call it, categorize it as silent, but it's 
only partially silent, so they expect zero click, zero click through uh, infection, one click to uh, infections with a malicious link via SMS, and the interception of network traffic. So this, thinking about the zero clicks once, I'm thinking about my watch. So I've got a smart watch. Like if I got a, if someone could figure out how to send me a text message, I don't get a choice on whether or not that thing comes up here. Like it just pops up. So if they can figure out a way to deliver code with a no click, like a zero click to the popular messenger platforms, everybody with a smartwatch, they could just get. It'd be interesting. Because most other places, like if you open your phone, is it, I don't know, it doesn't process it before you, you know, go into your no, I think, texting platform? I think that has happened before. If you do go back and read some of the Citizen Lab reports, I think some of that stuff was happening actually on the Apple platform with some of those attacks. I'm not sure if it was last year or a couple of years ago that they were dealing with that. Interesting. So another recommendation was the building of new bot recommendation. Prediction. Prediction. <laughs> I'm sorry. We recommend you build a bot. We recommend you build a bot. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't recommend that? So they predict the building of new botnets with consumer and corporate software and appliances. Well, basically, this is a continuing trend one. Actually, it'd be cool if we could build our own botnets. Hey, what would I do What's with stopping that? you, man? <laughs> laws. <laughs> Regulation. Damn cops with guns. <laughs> Another prediction is barrier, barriers to kernel-level code execution increasingly evaded. So basically, kernel-level rootkits. Hey. I mean, saying this is being made possible by... An underground market for EV certs. It's an EV cert. Extend validation. Where you're going to abuse developer accounts to compromise existing code bases. And, and they think this is particularly likely due to the bring your own vulnerable driver scenario. Especially considering that the Microsoft, I can't remember, it was actually last year or the year before where Microsoft had egg on their face and said they weren't going to fix the fact that they... Even though a, a driver has been marked as malicious, they weren't going to exclude those from being automatically installed. Uh, and of course, another prediction is the growth in cyber attacks by state-sponsored actors. Amazing. Uh, and they say that this is likely due to the rising tension between the United States and basically everyone. I mean, because we're, you know, we're, we have the Middle East, we've got China, we've got Russia, Ukraine, and, and I think just based on those theaters, I think it's something like 50% of the world's population or more are in understand. countries that are unaligned with the United States at the moment. Another prediction, hacktivism and cyber warfare to be the new normal in geopolitical conflicts. And I thought this was an interesting statement that they made in relation to this, that they would expect these hacktivists to start making false claims to divert resources. Kind of they like, would claim that they hacked a water treatment plant without actually having done the attack at all in order to divert resources to finding out whether they actually had conducted the attack or not. I thought that was an interesting approach. Yeah, because there's that group right now that's a bunch of script kiddies, but they're constantly announcing, like, we broke into Coca-Cola or something, and then they're releasing old data that somebody else released a couple years before. So basically repurposing that to the government because the government can't ignore it. Like you're saying, like a water treatment plant, they can't ignore if someone's threatening, like, we're going to put, you know, chlorine in the water, like poisonous amounts of chlorine, or we're going to ruin this water supply. It's almost like calling in a fake bomb threat. You know, can you really not look into it? And it takes a lot longer to, to find out, out like, that that's really there. You're like, because another thing with that is, like, if they make the claim, you're like, if you're on the defensive side, someone makes the claim that they've hacked you, and you don't find anything, you're like, 
man, am I, am I that bad that I haven't found something? Or, no. you know, are they that good? Yeah. Or did this not take place? So I think, and because of that, it's going to take you, it would take you probably two or three times as long to rule out that they attacked you versus identify that they did attack you. Yeah. All right, another prediction uh, was the supply chain tax as a service operators buying bulk access. Uh, and they really didn't explain why they thought this was basically because. So there's still real good justification that I could find in the article for why they thought this was going to be a thing. I think it's an overly complex process to be something that's as a service today anyway. Another prediction, spear, spear phishing to expand with excessive, with accessible generative AI. Bold, are we? <laughs> yeah. And, and to quote from the Kaspersky article, this may include automatic data collection from the victim's online presence, such as social media posts, media comments, or authored columns, any content associated with the victim's identity. This information will be processed using generative tools to create various text, audio messages in the specific individual's style and voice. I think this is what you and I have talked about in the past as well, as being able to leverage the, the cornucopia of information about people in order to more betterly, better target bound and who they associate with. Actually, I have a combination prediction later that combines this with one of the other predictions, but we'll talk about that in about it. All right, and then the next one is the emergence of more groups offering hack for hire services. Hmm. And this, uh, this is interesting because they're basically saying this is not hack for hire for nefarious people hiring other nefarious people. This is legitimate organizations, quote unquote, hiring illegitimate folks to, to, for hacking. Interesting. And to quote from, from their article, Deathstalker, it focuses on law firms and financial companies provided hacking services and acting as an information broker rather than operating as a traditional APT. So is this like, I'm thinking of the, a bunch of U.S. companies in the Central America in the 80s, 70s and 80s, got caught like hiring like gorillas on stuff. Right. To, to like the, the, the union organizers that got murdered and stuff like that. So they're, right. saying, they're saying legitimate companies are turning to these guys as kind of the gorillas to like dig up stuff on their competitors and ooh, Right. Just that. Yeah. Then. Basically another avenue for industrial espionage kind of. Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was not already happening, but well, they're sure. saying more. They're saying emergence of more groups. I wonder what the groups that are doing well, that now. Yeah, more, more groups offering the service. So that would ex that would seem to indicate that is it is an expanding market. It'd be so, funny if we saw some of those ransomware groups pivot over. <laughs> Coke hiring them to ransomware Pepsi. You know? <laughs> All right, and, and their last prediction is MFT systems at the forefront of cyber threats. And MFT is managed file transfer systems. And, and they're basing this on the move it and go anywhere hacks of there were, last year. There were more. Excelion? Like, I think this is a backwards prediction. I think that MFT systems were at the forefront of cyber threats last year. <laughs> well, maybe they think there's going to be even more prevalent in this coming How year. How many different MFT? I guess there's Dropbox and, and SharePoint. I guess there's some more that haven't been popped yet. So, Well, I think... You know, I was thinking about this in a, in a different way than the way that this has been attacked in the past. So they were exploiting vulnerabilities in the software to get into these companies. Mm -hmm. But imagine if they basically were able to exploit those, those, those products and services to act as a shim. So 
I want to send you a file or I want you to pull a file for me, use it, move it. Imagine if I were to put in there a shim and anything that you transfer, you know, I somebody else got a copy of hmm. instead. So you really, there's, it would be harder to detect the fact that you still get the data. I still send you the data. It's not data that wouldn't have been transferred anyway, but a copy is, is siphoned off effectively. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be an intra interesting attack that we haven't seen before. Um, because that, you know, it would make it particular to these kinds of software. Yeah. And you wouldn't necessarily detect it because you're not doing anything with the file. There's no ransomware. There's no obvious, you know, change in how it works. It's just it's still working correctly. Hmm. All right. I grabbed a couple from WatchGuard, their 2024 cybersecurity predictions. Number one is MSPs, double security services via automated platforms. Citing the talent gap and burnout, they're predicting MSP growth in SOC and MDR services are more than doubling. They're because they're expecting companies to double the use of MSS, MSPs. And then those MSPs will move to platforms with heavy automation. Uh, this is less exciting than I thought it was. I was kind of picturing like a fully end-to-end -end automated. I was, I was expecting they would be, predict like end-to-end -end automated platforms. But no, they're just saying more automation. So. Well, you know, I think this is... I don't know if this is necessarily a good prediction for this year, but I think the better that AI gets, the more MSSPs will leverage them, and the easier which will make gets. them suck less, which will incentivize more companies to adopt them. Because if you talk to anybody who's ever used an MSSP, it's like, just find one that sucks less than the last one. You don't yeah. find a good one. So maybe this is actually- your Red Canary was good. Red Canary was a good one. Okay. They were just super expensive. <laughs> uh, and with the exception. Um, so, but this would actually move towards where MSSPs are actually valuable yeah. and provide great service versus simply suck less. I mean, we've discussed before, like the tier one SOC function is not terribly useful anyways. So having a mediocre MSP is not the end of the world there. All right, second one. This one's a little more interesting, but maybe a little less applicable. <laughs> the uh, use of virtual reality and mixed reality headsets will allow recreation of user environments. Now, I'm picturing the classic heist movie, Entrapment, where, like, they're practicing, uh, like, yeah, going yeah. through the laser beams and stuff like that. But now you practice it in VR. Like, so now, I'm, now what I'm picturing is I'm picturing, like, heists. Like, where you can figure out what a user's house looks like and, like, then go target their <laughs> house and rob them. And the point of this is that with all these VR headsets, they have to track the room around you. The Quest 3 headset has a depth center and can detect furniture and other objects in the room. And you can use all that, theoretically, to now map your entire office or house in 3D. Supposedly, the headset creators aren't storing this data or bringing it back up to the company yet. And obviously, 98% of people's houses, like my house, has nothing worth going to this level of effort to try and figure out how to get into my house. But can you imagine, like, a billionaire's kid is using, like, their VR, their Quest or whatever, and, like, building up a map of this billionaire's house? And you can figure out exactly like the layout of the house. You could see the cameras in the corners, maybe like figure out some of the like, mm -hmm. all the most billionaires probably, I don't know if they've got stuff worth stealing in the house that's easily transferable. You can't steal stocks that way, but I don't know, maybe they've got art or something. I don't know, have you played Cyberpunk? I haven't, I own it, but I haven't, it's on my, it's on my list to play, but I haven't started so yet. So there's something in Cyberpunk called brain dances where you go in and do like an analysis of them. And it seems like this would be very similar. And the brain dances, you don't just see what the person... So the brain dance, they put on like a brain dance capture thing and they do a thing and then they turn it into a video that other people can plug into their head and like live through it. 
Oh, well, that's the, that's the, uh, the premise behind the movie Strange Days mm. with Ralph Fiennes. Right. I uh, seen that, but yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, which is thing? also a playoff. Uh, a, it's a guy from Deer Hunter. Christopher Walken movie, 70s, called... Ah, uh, dang it. Wow. Well, anyway, uh, Christopher Walken movie, 70s, same kind of, same kind of concept. That's right. But this actually reminds me of... Imagine you use this for defense, though. So, you know how everyone's moving to remote work. People don't want to go in the office anymore. But imagine that your entire team has VR headsets. And it's like the bridge crew, Star Trek bridge crew game. Oh, I've wanted to play that. Where everyone has got a VR headset, and they're actually virtually in a sock where they turn to look at people in the sock. You're in a, so, you, so you recreate the sock concept that people have been using for years where you have the bullpen, the big dashboards or whatever. But instead, it's in VR, and you have your entire team VR'd into this virtual sock. So you get the same kind of feel of being in a sock next to your teammates yeah. and everything, but virtually being remote. Yeah, interesting. I know that the Facebook has shown off some of their like meetings with this, and the technology is just laughably like the graphics aren't there. Yeah. They really need to bring in some game designers. Right. Uh, we've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. All right, third prediction. Rampant QR code usage results in a headline hack. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this after COVID. Tons of restaurants have started using QR codes. You scan with your phone to bring up links to the menu and yep. other, other things like that. So we're training people just to scan these code. So they're anticipating now attackers. They've warned against this for years, but they're saying this is the year it finally happens. Attacker, you know, replaces the code with a sticker or they put up their own somewhere, you know, check this to do this thing. They're expecting someone to finally hit one of these leading to a big enough compromise that it becomes ad line, you know. Coca-Cola hacks because CEO scan QR code. Hmm. No. I was going to say, they've been doing this quite a fair amount already with parking. And if you target the right parking lot, like, for example, Google has a building over in Reston, Town Center. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, you could put that in the right parking lot to get Google employees, that'd be interesting. Target, you could target a computer, target a company by location. That's interesting. All right, and the next group of um, predictions comes to us from <laughs> Forbes. This is Chuck Brooks, artificial intelligence quantum community, and that's a man's name, Chuck Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I see the name. I can't remember the name, but it reminds me of an animation producer did Bugs Bunny anime, produced a bunch of Bugs Bunny animations back in the day. Yeah, I know uh, what we're talking about. I can't remember, but anyway, see it at the end of the cartoon, all the way at the end, such and such, and uh, yeah, produced by so and so. So, anyways, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and space are three tech areas to watch in 2024. Is the article? So basically, it's a let's talk about a bunch of buzzwordy stuff than any actual practical challenges that we'll deal with. And this is actually prediction inception because this is also an amalgamation of predictions from others. Oh my God. <laughs> summary of summary of summary. Uh, so each of the three domains that he lists here, there are four, four predictions per, per, per domain. We won't go into all the predictions for him. Actually, I'm just going to basically explain why this, all these suck. So in the first domain, AI, the predictions here are pretty much garbage. But the most ridiculous one is 2024 will be when all of this initially crashes together and we witness who will get the initial upper hand, attackers or defenders. So basically, he's saying that this year is going to be the year that defines whether 
AI attacks, that's fine, destroy AI defenses. So first we have to have fully functional AI attackers and fully functional AI defenders. We don't even have those yet. But this is gonna be the year, Matt. This is gonna be the year. We will, by the end of the year, they will have clashed and we will see who's ahead. I can see that by 2027, 2028, maybe. Maybe. So, not next year, for no. sure. This All year, right. not even next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the next domain, quantum. And this is, of course, more garbage. Yeah, it will be here and awesome for reasons. Hey. <laughs> is my initial summary for this prediction. And to quote one of the individuals in the, in the article, in a world of increasing resilience, reliant on digital infrastructure, the present approach to supply chain security and management pose significant national security risk, particularly as we strive to secure emerging quantum information ecosystems. This precarious reality necessitates a fundamental shift in our thinking approach, prioritization, cross-industry collaboration, specifically amongst the scientific community, academia, and the cybersecurity arena. Okay, I'm sorry, I read a word. They must be paid by the syllable. And that was by Dr. Merrick Watch, Watch the Word, Horn. Watch Horn? Watch Horn? Demist Program Chair, Quantum Security Alliance. Man, I want to work for the Quantum Security Alliance. That sounds awesome. And, and, and to, the way that I would summarize par that paragraph is this basically says fuck all. <laughs> yeah, a lot of syllables. Oh, my God. All right. And the last domain, space, the final frontier. No, the last domain. <laughs> Get that wrong. But there are no real predictions in this section at all. And here's a quote that explains that. In the coming years, there will be a greater focus on tools that can be that can enhance space innovation and cyber secureness. Such word? Cyber secureness? I uh, guess. Such as zero trust, software bill of materials, and secure by design. Special attention should be also paid to the utilization of AI and emerging technologies that will allow the public and private sectors to scale and address cyber concerns effectively. And that's from David Wall-Bongsdan, Information Technology Industry Council, Senior Director of Space Policy. So yeah, basically- Cool title. I want to be the Senior Director of Space Policy. Well, put in your, put in your resume. So basically what he's saying here is, we should do in space what we can't get done on Earth. But to summarize this whole article, I just say, I don't see how so many supposedly smart people can talk so much without saying anything. Yeah, that sounds about right. So my last one is checkpoint into the cyber abyss. Drink. So first prediction is more GPU farming. But here's the here's the wrinkle. Not for crypto, for AI. Oh. So this actually reminds me of Damon, where the titular Damon is multi-hosted and keeps itself widely dispersed. Uh, this is, I think, relating to the previous prediction about cloud worms. Uh, <laughs> cloud worms, that's, that's awesome. AI requires GPUs to run it, and attackers don't want to pay for their own computers to run their AI, so it's better to use someone else's computer. So we combine a cloud worm with the GPU farming, and yeah, maybe we could do some crypto too. <laughs> yeah, why not? And now we run, our, we run our malicious AI off someone else's computer that's constantly moving between hosts and... That's genius. Distributed. Yeah. That's our next business idea. That's actually really good. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good bad idea, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I didn't rephrase that exactly. That's fair. But basically, uh, you couldn't stop it because it would be 
constantly mobile. You'd have to patch. Like, you'd have to stop it from infecting first. And then you could strip it off. But, like, if it got by on, you know, leaked credentials or something, good luck stopping that because those credentials... Yeah, we've got 12 terabytes of leaked credentials. The next one was cyber insurance will be transformed by AI. I was really excited to go look at what this meant. But it was a super generic prediction that AI will just do a better job of predicting realistic risk. Not transformed it. Finally, well, I mean, yeah, if AI could, could transform cybersecurity, maybe they could transform regular organizations by doing the same thing, by predicting <laughs> risk and fixing the problem fixing there. automatically? Well, maybe not automatically, but at least identifying where the real problems are yeah. with AI. I would say that if you could predict that cyber insurance would transform AI, you could say vulnerability management could be transformed by AI. That would be a better one, yeah. You know what actually be interesting, too, is that the ability for AI to write its own code. What about writing custom patches? Oh, like the zero patch uh, guys do for unpatchable Windows boxes? Yeah, that would be interesting. Now, I'd, I wouldn't trust it right now. Yeah, so eventually you could have AI reverse engineer code, which means the bad guys would have that, too. So reverse engineered and code in order to identify what patches need to be done. It'd just be a race to see who got there first. <laughs> and we would lose. <laughs> All right, the third one is deep big technology will be weaponized. And this one's kind of an interesting one to me because we've seen talks about this for the last couple of years, but it never really took off in a real way until last week. <laughs> Taylor yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, there was the, that, as you heard about the, the, the bank in Hong Kong that supposedly lost 26 billion. Yeah, or I don't 26 know. million to. Uh, I saw that, but I, don't, I wouldn't say those are like one time. When I think weaponized, I think like. Like an AR-15, like in the hand, mass market, people. like mass market, mass produce, like the invention before where they said that they were successful because of three attacks. I would say one attack is not enough to say your prediction's correct, mm -hmm. unless you're predicting exactly one attack. <laughs> but like whenever you say something like, like they're saying weaponized, like when I think weaponized, right, it's I think, done at scale. Yeah, it's an assembly line. There's a tool that does it for you, all right? So, and I think the presidential election this year is as good a place as any to kick uh, Why not? <laughs> so I have a more specific prediction around this this year. Because again, we talked before about good predictions are specific and easily falsifiable. Like, how can you say we'll be weaponized? Like, that's not something you can easily falsify. Uh, unless you quantify what you mean by that. So I have a quantified prediction for later. Okay. Another a quality group. one. That's a good one. <laughs> well, another group of, group of predictions I was going to talk about was VAE's future is now top five defense technologies to watch in 2024. But I, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it covers quantum. Uh, but there, there's, there's subtitle words. Experts from VAE Systems Digital Intelligence take a closer look at top five defense technology predictions for 2024, covering multi-domain uh, integration, space, cyber power, AI, and quantum sensors. Quantum. But really, this whole article was nothing but a sales pitch for the to the Pentagon. They would they would make a vague statement about something, and then uh, there would be a link at the bottom that says, uh, each one of these sections says, learn more about our X. So, <laughs> learn more about our triple X. <laughs> so I started so I started to go through this one, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So we're going to skip that one. Um, my last one is, and this is by Joe Carson, Chief Security Scientist and Advisory CISO at Delinea. Security Scientist? So he made five predictions. The first one being AI-driven attacks and defense. 
Uh, and this is basically saying this is going to be the first year of the AI Defender arms race. I mean, and what's worrisome about this this idea, you know, we were talking about before where they were saying that this is going to be the year where we decide about who's ahead, is defense is always the second mover in an arms race. Um, so we are always going to be behind the eight ball because we're never going to be somewhere before the defend, before the attackers are. The next prediction is increased demand for cyber insurance. You know, that's shocking. Hold on, let's go back to the defense as a second mover thing because one of the things that one of these guys talked about was how cyber attacks are going to cost companies $10 trillion this year. Maybe it was $10 trillion last year and it's going to be more this year. But then they also said that the cybersecurity market is only like $300 billion. There's a huge gap there that companies are, I guess, just absorbing the loss. Like, because so defense is always a second mover. We know what we need to fix. We need to fix vulnerability management. We need to fix security operations, especially the tier one and two. We need to fix security monitoring and log management. Why identity should we be the second mover? In, in theory. Yeah. Uh, no, because I guess you're right. Because if every company did that, then we would be spending more than the $10 trillion we lose. Because the $10 trillion we're losing is not evenly distributed across all companies. It's focused on a few companies that get hit each year and they get shafted. And then everybody else who doesn't get hit is like, oh, our huh. security's great. Not exactly the free rider problem. No. I mean, it, ideally, you know, if it would cost $10 trillion, we'd spend nine, you know, and we would not see those $10 trillion in losses. But like you said, the, the, the thing is that maybe 10 trillion in losses, but if you look at, let's, for ease of math, we'll say there are a thousand companies, that 10 trillion is going to come from, yeah. you know, a hundred of those companies and not the vast majority of them. Yeah. And because it is, it, it's another problem that you run into with the whole idea in, in uh, economics as well as the aggregate doesn't really exist. So you can't really say that you know, the world is going to cost the planet 10 trillion next year, so we should spend nine to fix it because there is really no such thing as aggregate because each yeah. company has to make their own decisions about what their loss risks are, and each company is going to pay a different amount. Yeah. This is how big we are. This is our portion of the $10 trillion. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort of fund. Maybe that's how we get rich, Matt. We'll sort of fund, say, hey, this is a defense fund from the planet. Just pitch in. All right, and as I was saying before, the next one is increased demand for cybersecurity insurance, which is a big shocker there. The geopolitical tensions in cyberspace, you know, there are more surprises, obviously. AI compliance will accelerate, and what he expects is that AI to be used more to get and keep organizations in compliance with regulations. Since compliance is all about checking boxes, this is probably actually not a bad idea. Yeah, this makes sense, too, with a lot of, like I was thinking, I was having discussions the other day about various countries' compliance regulations. And if you could get an AI, they could do all that automatically. Like when a new event comes into the SOC and it says, you know, this user's in this country and therefore these regulations apply. You have to determine it's an incident within 48 hours and you have to inform these people and like do all that stuff automatically for you. Like, that'd be great. Yeah, so I, I think that's not a bad prediction. I just not sure if this is the year that that's gonna happen because it completely makes sense because those things marry up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the regulations are too, too complicated. Not even the AI can do it. Oh, yeah. And the last prediction is passkeys paved the way for passwordless authentication. This may, uh, and, and it sounds like this, you know, what he's assuming here is that Pat, this is going to replace MFA requirements or recommendations. 
And the thing is, I don't think you could pull this off though in an enterprise until you could do passwordless with Active Directory. Yeah. So I don't think that prediction is going to go anywhere. Huh. Uh, for the enterprise anyway. Dang. All right, we have some of our own predictions this year. I predict these are the idea behind these is some of these are kind of related to what we saw before, but they are more specific. They're falsifiable. They can happen or they cannot happen. So I predict that this year is going to be the first blue on blue security incident caused by an AI driven product. And what I mean by that is I mean that let's say an AI driven uh, EDR product is going to, for example, maybe shut off DNS at the host based firewall across the enterprise after it detects an attacker exfiltrating via DNS. It's going to be like, oh no, attackers are using this. Kill it. It's going to shut down everything. And is DNS really that important? <laughs> That's the second prediction. A, I'm going to use the same term they used before, a headline hack. We'll be traced back to vulnerability and we're going to discover that the code is going to come from an AI. You'll be like, we use ChatGPT to generate this. And then... Well, the question would be on that one would be what percentage of the code? You know, AI generated 90% of the code. Does that count? Because you're, you're almost always, at least today, going to have to do some minor tweaks with it. Yeah, you can use it. It's going to be imperfect code. I agree. I agree. You can't just expect to get 100% good code out of there. But, I mean, if you, you're usually able to trace back a vulnerability. I've seen analyses of patches where they can figure out exactly, like, where in the code it is. So, I guess the question would be, would anybody remember that the code was there? Like, that that, well, that specific segment was AI-generated versus human-generated? Mm. I don't know. Here's my, here's, here's, my, here's my one for the, the, come the GPU hacking and the cloud worm and the phishing toolkit that you talked about, the deep fake phishing toolkit. Someone is going to, we will discover, it may already exist, a distributed generative AI phishing toolkit. It will live on thousands of computers across the world. This will make it free for the attackers to run it, but it's also going to make it incredibly difficult to take down. They're going to sell it for a rental fee and you can get in and it will go out and it will automatically build a profile like that other prediction was saying. Uh, you know, look through all your social media, look for samples of your voice and automatically build emails based on any given person. Like Mr. Beast or Taylor Swift. Uh, you're just going to have need, you just need a web page with a, with a uh, form on it that says fill in the person's name. At any of their social media stuff and yeah. All right, final prediction. This year we're going to see at least two weaponized deep fake cam. Pains. Although I guess we could probably say it. I would say the Taylor Swift one was not weaponized. That was a one-off. That was just one dude doing yeah. this thing. So I think that we're going to see at least one presidential campaign deepfake that will either show Biden as stumbling, falling down inept, unable to speak at all, maybe being fed food like an infant or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then the news headline there is going to be like, you know, Biden like, is completely food. <laughs> there comes your brain. <laughs> or... We're going to see one with Trump. Now, I think that since Trump, Biden's got kind of the, that's what, that's what the Fox, Fox is saying about Biden is that he's too old and he can't. And the left is saying about Trump that he is always assaulting someone or talking something. So I think the difference is for Biden, they're going to show him as that. And for Trump, he's either going to be assaulting somebody or he'll be talking shit about his own followers. Like he'll be like, ah, these guys are such idiots. I can't believe they're voting for me or something like that to try and. Yeah, you have a choice between incompetence and asshole. Yeah, I think so. Because I don't think that a deep fake showing Trump as being incompetent would stop anything. And I don't think that, well, I mean, we've already seen with the whole dark Biden thing. Like, people love Joe Biden darting shit Biden about us. You ever seen the dark Biden stuff? No. 
So he apparently called Trump an asshole or something, and like in private, he talks about him how he's an asshole. So that's not supposed that. So that's supposed to be a true thing. That that's supposed to be a true thing, and people love it. <laughs> so, but the problem is with Trump, people love that too. So, like, what deep fake could you do with Trump that would actually work? Like, that's what I was thinking. Like talking crap about his own people, being like, "Oh, they're such idiots for voting for me." Like, if you had a deep fake of that, that might sway some people. Well, I think what you'd have to do is, what's the core of what people like about Trump? And you need to do, disabuse him of that. So um, I think one of the things I've heard, at least, is that people think he's in tune with the common man and his, their concerns. So if you were to show that he doesn't really care about those concerns, he's just doing it, that, treating them like suckers. Saying, yeah. oh, yeah, forget about the border. I don't care. Yeah, you know, but that. they're going to vote for me anyway because I told them to. I think something like that might work. You know what I didn't even think? If they could do a deep fake Biden phone call with like Burisma or something like that, before Biden accepts like money from Hunter, what that would feed into. Well, supposedly that phone call exists. Now we can make it. Because <laughs> supposedly the Burisma people have the copy of it, is what I heard. Of course, that could just be one of those you know, things, the QAnon thing or something. I don't know. I'm surprised nobody's created that deep fake already. Like if there's already. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I also think there's going to be a non political one. Someone like a journalist is going to piss off someone rich and they're going to create, you know, CSA material or something or something to smear them. Mm -hmm. So, because I think it's within the realm of deep fake, we just need someone to kind of do it. Right, kind of. Yeah. No. Or maybe like a Elon Musk. I'm surprised nobody's done anything like that with Elon Musk or Zuck or, you know, any of the really rich. I don't know. Maybe we'll see that. No, I'm just thinking more about that fishing toolkit you were mentioning before. But I was thinking this would be pretty simple if you had your own custom-built AI. Because you had a form, you wouldn't even know, need to know that much. Because if you had, let's say if I was going to develop a fishing toolkit for... Because you could approach it two ways, or maybe both at the same time. Is you have the, 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 the target, and then you have the, the intermediate. So... For the target side, and, and you could actually use the same form for both, but you just have to designate one as the other. So let's say someone wanted to attack you. You fill out the form, and it's got your name, the, the, the URL to your LinkedIn, the URL to your Facebook, the, the URL to you know a list there. of social media things about that have information about you. And say, okay, he's the target, all right? And say, they're going to use me as an intermediary. So they would use my name, my LinkedIn, and that's about all for me because I don't have any other thing. But then they could target you with an appeal based on your social media that would influence you from a source pretending to be me using the information it knows about me as, uh, a, as a viable source of the phishing email to you. So you get two sides of that saying, you know, What's most going to appeal to Matt from someone he knows in a way that that person would interact with them. And I think that would be not too difficult to build for spear, spear fishing. It could be pretty successful in targeting someone with that. It really depends. The problem is there's nothing about our interactions really online. I wonder if these. Well, it would work better if you, you and our, our social medias overlap. So yeah. you had a Facebook account, I had a Facebook account, we're sharing stuff across this Facebook account. Yeah. Stuff like that I think would be more impactful. Actually, you know what, I wonder if it would be better for targeting. Like you put your target in and then it goes and checks out all of their various social media and sees who they're connected with. 
and looks for like places that are connected in more than one. Like looking for that overlap, because, and then suggest a target. Like here are the people that they you know have I mean, the most connections in, in, with. Intermediary, yeah, 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 against the target. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, now you know they have connections on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn to this person, right? Versus just LinkedIn, which might imply that you know they work together. Although depending on the type of fish you want to do. Maybe the LinkedIn one still makes the most sense because that's the, you know, versus this one's only on Facebook, so they're probably not a professional contact. Right. So you, well, I mean, I mean that makes complete sense there because you will only have to fill out the target information then. Because if I put in your name, your LinkedIn, yeah. your Facebook, and or whatever, then all it has to do is cross-reference against what you've already given it. It doesn't yeah. have to actually find anything else because it just does that cross-reference automatically. And then once you select the target, it does what you talked about before and like goes and tries to dive in and find more information, find the interactions they've already had. Yeah, I think that would be fairly trivial to do. So you'll have it by next week? <laughs> well, for a normal person, it would be trivial. For someone who's handicapped like me, it would take a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. You know? I wonder if... That might be an interesting project. I've been looking for a project to try and get better at coding with. It might be interesting. Yeah. All right. And that's all we have for today. Well, all the predictions we have for today. We'll have more predictions later. But thank you for joining us. And follow us at Second on Twitter and subscribe on your favorite podcast. 